The following program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. All right, all right. Six minutes after 11 o'clock in the, uh, the morning on a Saturday. It's going to be a beauty. So, again, the prescription for today is get out there and enjoy it. Get moving. Enjoy this weather and this, uh, this summertime for sure. You want to call in, you have questions about uh, your own personal health, bring it on. That's why we are here every week doing this show again. 416-870-6400, live on the air. Your phone calls make it that much more interesting. Sometimes the question you ask is a question that maybe hundreds, if not thousands, of other people have in their mind as well, but maybe a little too bashful to call. 416-870-6400. You want to reach out, info at pinpointhealth.ca. The clinic's always growing. They are open, as you know. They're serving people. They're helping people. You just got to make that first step. Dr. Lou, good morning, brother. How are you? Good morning, John. I'm doing well. How are you doing? Excellent. Ready to uh, Ready to roll. What's on the docket for today? Well, you know, I, I always love the way you start the show because it always will jog my mind and make me think of something. And you just said there, the, the prescription of the day is get out there and move. And, I, and it, it, it's interesting. Part of, of what I do as a, as a chiropractor, musculoskeletal health expert and chronic pain uh, uh, sort of person is people often ask me about posture. Um, and, and there's always like, you know, people will come in and they'll say, I know I have bad posture. Or they'll come in and say, you know, what is the better posture for me to be in? And there's a lot of, and, and I knew this intuitively uh, just based on my own injuries and stuff, but there's a lot of emerging research that's actually starting to show what I've been talking about for years with patients, which is no posture is really ideal for any long-term period of time. Really what it comes down to is our bodies are very much meant to be moving. We're not meant to, I don't care what the posture is, right? Like people say, well, I work at a desk and I, you know, I try to sit up straight. Well, that, that doesn't matter. Your body will fatigue. It's inevitable that it doesn't matter what the posture is. It's going to fatigue. The biggest thing that people can do uh, with posture is change as often as possible. Uh, a lot of research is starting to show that it almost doesn't matter what your posture is, uh, where there's an increased risk of injury is if you're in any one of them for way too long. And most people sort of know, you know, you sit there for a while and you could be in a night. And I, and I challenge anybody, go sit in your de- at your desk chair right now or at your kitchen table, wherever you might be, or you're in your car listening, whatever, and, and sit up straight and let me know how long you can do that for. It, it's, it's impossible to do it constantly because your body is going to fatigue. That's just what's going to happen. Some of the muscles that you have to use in order to do that upright posture that's often sold as good posture um, takes a lot of extra muscles that aren't necessarily postural muscles, which will make you fatigue. Now, what I'm saying here is not that there isn't ideal postures over others, right? Like we can all, you know, I I think everyone can appreciate that if you're slouching and, and in a really horrible uh, type of position, and that's probably not as good as being in a more of a neutral position. Yes, 100%. But what I'm saying is none of them are going to be good long-term. You you have to move, and that's why I'm saying, John, you always jog my, my mind with stuff because this was a, a conversation that I was having with a number of colleagues. This week we were talking about some of the latest evidence um, around posture, and, and again, it's starting to show exactly what I've been telling people for years is don't focus too much on any one good posture. Get out and move and do things. I, I have employers that will call me um, and, you know, make me go to their workplaces just before COVID times, obviously not as much during COVID. 
Uh, but where employers want to know what is it that, you know, my employees could be doing to be in better postures and, you know, what types of chairs. And I always say the same thing. It's like, you know, we can get some better stuff for sure. We can definitely make it more ergonomic. But the reality is if they're not moving around, if they're not building in breaks, if they're not changing the environment, then it doesn't almost matter what we give them. They're, they're going to sustain injury because it's just prolonged. We as human beings are not meant to be in static postures. I don't care if one is more neutral than, than one would be considered more bad, but there's going to be a certain amount of time we could be in that. And the reality is we've got to move around. And we naturally do that, right? Like a lot of people will say, well, I toss and turn in my sleep. Well, your body naturally does that, right? Like you've got to move around. You don't want to be in any static posture for any prolonged period of time. Um, so I think that's a really important conversation because I think sometimes you know, number one, there's a lot of gimmicks out there which sell you on, you know, buying this thing to keep you in an ideal posture as a way of reducing injury or whatever it may be. And again, you know, I say the same thing to people. It might be something beneficial for a period of time that you can use to help. But the reality for injury prevention and, and for taking care of our bodies when we're in these prolonged positions, you know, sitting at a desk, whatever it may be, is building in breaks and changing what you're doing every, you know, 15 to 20 minutes. And Again, I, that doesn't mean that if you're sitting for 15 minutes, well, you've got to be standing for 20 minutes. It's about offsetting, right? Like it's about it within those 20 minutes while you are sitting, maybe you're sitting back into the chair for a few minutes, then you're, you're coming to the front and you're, you're sitting on the edge of it. Maybe you're standing up and taking a one or two minute break that way. It's very easy to build in this change uh, without making this, you know, it doesn't have to be as didactic as saying it's 20 minutes of this and 20 minutes of, of that. It's just about changing. You've got to constantly change uh, the posture overall, and it doesn't matter really what you're doing in order to um, to prevent injury. All right, eleven sixteen. We are back. I assume you can hear me now, Doctor Lou. That'd yes, be really good. Yes. Good. Sorry, John. We're at the, we're at the mercy of technology. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred is the way to call through. I was just commenting on your last comment about you know ergonomics in the office and sitting around. I said it's kind of a catch twenty two. You go out and you spend all kinds of money on expensive office furniture, and then you you kind of get comfortable. You don't want to get up and move around. And I think this yeah. is one of the offshoots of people working at home for so long. Maybe they are not getting up as much. Maybe they're spending more time at the dining room table and not moving around. I think we're starting to see that, right? Yeah, and and listen, I I think I guess where the point I'm trying to get across is the point that I constantly try to get across, where it's about finding the hybrid, right? Like I I'm not suggesting that the stuff that is designed for offices, uh, isn't, doesn't put us in better postures or more ideal postures. Of course, there are more ideal postures than and less ideal postures, right? Like, I think everyone can appreciate that. What the research is showing, though, is that none of those for a long period of time are good. And, that, and that's the point I'm trying to make. So it is a combination of having the right hardware, the right things, uh, if for an office space, but it's also a combination of doing the right things, right? And, and, and this goes back to sort of, you know, the point that I try to make week in and week out where, you know, as humans, we are naturally designed to conserve energy, right? Like that's, that's what humans want to do. If we can do something and find the simplest way possible to do it, from an evolutionary perspective, we're going to do that. And we see that with everything, right? Like, you know, once upon a time, if you wanted to change the channels on the TV, you had to walk up to the TV. Now you're at the point you can do it off your phone, right? So, so we're always looking for ways to make things easier and easier. And that's a good thing. But I think it carries into parts of our being that aren't necessarily healthy for us. And an example of that and something that I get asked a lot 
is, you know, a lot of people will reach out and, and you know, talk about, say, something like weight loss. And, and they want to know, well, you know, is there, you know, people have heard acupuncture, as an example, might be beneficial for weight loss. And, and they know our clinics do acupuncture, so they'll call us for that. And, you know, it, it, the, the, the advice is always the same. It's like, well, what are you looking for? Are you looking for acupuncture to be the silver bullet? Or are you on a weight loss journey and you're stagnated and you're looking for a little bit of a kick? you know, something else that you can be adding in. And it's incredible how the majority of people will say, well, I'm not doing anything else. I just heard that that could help and I want to try that. And it's like, well, why would you want to try? Like, number one, it's not going to work. And number two, like, I don't think it's groundbreaking anymore for anyone to accept that weight loss takes determination and, and willpower in terms of healthy eating, caloric restriction, and exercise. And if you do those things, you'll lose weight. And most people fail because of the other you know, it's hard work to do that. And so they're looking for the simpler way. We see this in pain management, right, where most people want a passive intervention. And again, something else that I talk about week in and week out, where it's really, especially when things are becoming chronic, what we're looking at is to focus on the active care. What is it that you can be doing for yourself? What exercises, stretches, what things every single day can you be doing? And there's a there's a lot of them. I, I'm only mentioning two quick things there. But so many people want passive intervention. They want, well, I'm looking for someone to do this procedure or push on my back this way or give me this pill because it's simpler, right? And as long and it go and, and, and this carries on to the point that I'm trying to make in the office setting, right? It's easier to just say, well, give me a better chair. I don't really want to think about doing exercises at my desk or different types of movement patterns or building and breaks. It's just easier to say, is there something else that can do the hard work for me? But I, I guess what I'm trying to say, when we look at health, what, what we see very much over and over and over again is you'll achieve, you are more likely to achieve health if you're a participant in that. You can't just be a bystander. And the healthiest people in the world that you can see will tell you they work at it, right? It's not something that, it's, it's a combination of willpower, doing the right things, whatever. But you've got to do you've got to be part of it just relying on different tools different procedures whatever it is is not going to work and that's my point it carries into even something like how do you minimize the incidence of any type of ache or pain when you're working at a desk for a long period of time and yeah we can try thinking well maybe we could just get a better chair and i hear this all the time oh you know it's it's my desk right like i talk to people and they'll come in and they'll complain and everybody wants to complain and oh you know it's it's the employer and it's the desk and then i start asking well what is it that you have and it ends up being like well no that's actually a pretty good ergonomical setup do you take any breaks well no okay well do you do any exercise after work well no uh do you do any rehab type of activities for the ache or pain that you have no and and again it's so easy for humans another human tendency is it's always easier to blame others or other things for our problems and take credit for the things that are good, right? And that's constantly what we see even in, in pain and injury management is people often want to blame everything else before they want to look at, okay, well, what, what is it that I could be doing? And this is the part about me that I think people appreciate the real talk. And, and some people maybe think it's a little, a bit of a hard line, but I talk this way because that's really the reality of it. That's what the research shows, the clinician experience shows. It's evidence-based. To, to look at it this way. 
416-870-6400. You still have lots of time for some personal issues, some musculoskeletal issues, uh, whatever it is. Give us a call this morning. That's why Dr. Lou is here live answering your calls. 416-870-6400. You know, it, it's so true that you say you almost wish you could give people a shake and say, you know, you're at the starting point here. There's the end point where you want to be. Don't be hyper-focused on being there. There's no magic pill. There's no place. There's no way to jettison yourself to that point. That goes with your health. That goes with your fitness, your weight, building financial freedom, all that stuff. Try to get people to enjoy the journey there. That's the part where they'll really be successful because most people, they don't want to put in the hard work and they don't see how they can put in the hard work and eventually get there. I mean, how do you train people to think that way? And that, that includes coming back from injury as well. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. It's something that ties into so many different aspects of life, even outside of what I'm an expert on. You mentioned things there like creating wealth and business success and whatever else, and, and that's definitely not my area of expertise. But but how do you how do you build? You know, it, it's nice. Some people come in and and they have that already. They know that they have to be the participant in their health. They appreciate that because they're already that way. I think a lot of these things it's transferability in different areas of your life. If you're what, if you're a certain way in one aspect of your life, it's, it's that way in another aspect of your life. And so some people are just naturally this way, which is great. Um, some people are their own worst enemies. And I, and I could tell you, you know, and, and again, this is a very hard line type of thing that I'll say, but I could tell after two minutes of a conversation with a patient who, who is a patient that will never do well with anybody because it's their, it's, it's the way they're perceiving it. It's the way they want to go about it. It's their disposition. And I know right then and there, like, you are your own worst enemy. And, I, you know, I never say something like that to somebody, but I can tell you that that's, I know that. I know that this is the person. It doesn't matter who they see. It doesn't matter if they see me or the top doctors in the world, whatever. It, does, it doesn't matter who, who else is part of that. They, they're setting themselves up for failure because of their thought process. And, and how can you change that? You know, like anything in life, number one, it's about someone, either you realizing it on your own or someone else uh, bringing it to your attention. And, and it's an interesting thing, John. A lot of people will bring their loved ones to me who they know are this way, who know, yeah, they're their own worst enemy, and they'll bring them to me. And, and sort of sit there waiting for me to bring this up. And then the minute I start saying things like, you know, your disposition or whatever, and they're like, see, I told you that they're, you know that they're there because they're bringing them because someone else in their life has seen it. So I think step one is the recognition of that, whether it's from you yourself, if you're that way, or if you, or if you know someone that you love, that you care about, a family member that you know is that way, sometimes, again, you have to bring this stuff up to them and say, hey, you know, you might be your own worst enemy in this right now. You're, 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 the yeah. way you're thinking about this. So number one is like sort of the recognition of this. And then, you know, the source sounds like the 12-step program, but it's the recognition. Then it's, it's the individual has to come to the acceptance of saying, yeah, you know what? I am that way and I need to change that. And then it's the hard work to change like that. And I tell people that you're never going to change over a day, uh, you know, over a few hours, a few days, a few weeks, a few months. You know, these, these patterns, these habits are ingrained in a lot of the times your experience, your life experiences, so many things make you that way. It could take years to change someone in, in their way, their belief. But I could tell you something that if you aim to do to still sort of, you know, Greg Wells, who we've had on the show before, who's an author and exercise physiologist, where he talks about be 1% better every single day. Awesome. I think that's a very realistic um goal for people. If you can challenge someone to say, hey, I'm not looking for you to go, you know, 
180 degrees here. I'm looking for you to go one degree at a time. I just want you to be 1% better tomorrow than you were today. And then for the day after, try to aim for that. And I think if we could take it slow and steady, that is really what wins, you know, the, the, the race in, in health. 416-870-6400 is a way to call through. Want to get to our uh, first call for today. And Kim, thank you so much for uh, for standing by for a moment. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. How are you? Excellent. What's on your mind? Well, I just happened to turn the channel, and I'm listening to the doctor, and I want to say thank you very much for being extremely candid. And uh, what... Go ahead. Uh, John, I missed. I yep. don't know. I, I didn't hear anything there. I didn't either. Kim, want to try it again? You dropped out there. Oh, can you hear me now? Yes, we yeah. can. Try it again. Okay. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, so um, I just, uh, uh, I'd like to thank the doctor for being extremely candid, and it's very much resonating with me. I have fibromyalgia, degenerative disc disease, and um, overweight and suffering from depression, and the battle is real, and the struggle is real, and I do resonate with the folks that think that a magic pill is going to help me get out of this funk, and um, uh, I really like what you just said about even if I do something 1% every day, then if I keep focusing on that, but I do find that with the fibromyalgia, it seems that as soon as I get to a certain point and I have a good rhythm, something knocks me back down again, and it's that much harder to get back up again. Yeah, yeah, and and Kim, number one, thank you for calling, and and number two, I can totally appreciate everything you're going through um, for a number of reasons. Number one, it's primarily what I deal with is is, is patients like um, you. I also have a component of this stuff myself where I have chronic aches and pains, so I, I know this from a personal side and also from, you know, my job, from what, from what I do. So I know uh, you're absolutely right. The struggle is real. It's not easy. Uh, a lot of people on the other side that don't know what you're going through or don't work in this area. Uh, you know, one of, the, one of the things with people would say something like fibromyalgia, and, and John, this is an important thing for a lot of uh, listeners, and I'm sure Kim will, will totally resonate with this. A lot of times people that have this type of uh, disease going on Overall, their function is almost perfect. Like, if you looked at them, you would never say, well, they look crippled, right? Like, they don't, they're not in that kind of shape, right? They, they can do everything. They can move around. They can bend. They can do, but they have pain, right? And so a lot of people don't seem to understand there's this lack of awareness that pain doesn't necessarily mean function. Those are two different things. Um, and so th- that's a challenge just in and of itself where you have people around you who sort of sit there and say, well, you know, you, you do everything and you look totally fine yeah. uh, to me, but, you know, you keep complaining about pain. And, and that's because those are two different things, right? There's the biomechanics of your body, but then there's also the pain perception that happens in the brain. Those are, those are two totally different parts of the body, and, and they don't necessarily have to coincide with one another. So th- there's, number one, that challenge. But, you know, Kim, I, I'm not sure if you have a specific question, but I guess what you're bringing up is something that is very real for most people suffering with any type of chronic ache or pain, fibromyalgia, whatever it may be, is that some days are good, some stretches are good, you seem like you're doing better, then you fall behind because something happens. The reality of that and what I try, and again, this is sort of goes back to, I think that the education around chronic pain hasn't been delivered in the right way. And one of the analogies that I'll often use um, is diabetes. You know, if you were diagnosed with diabetes, as an example, you would have the same 
sort of type of experience where you would say, well, you know, I go certain days, weeks, I'm totally fine, but then, you know, something happens and I'm not so great and then I get back on and I'm good. That's the reality of healthcare and management of issues. And, and the unfortunate part that sort of gets sold because, number one, it's gimmicky and it can make a lot of money, and especially for pain and injury because you see it on TV, you hear it on radio all the time where there's all these gimmicks like, hey, do this thing and cure your pain, get rid of it. And, and that sort of mentality, that sort of paradigm is actually really bad for, for this type of issue because there's this inherent belief that we have that when we're dealing with aches or pains, that they should be completely gone and they should go away. And really the reality, and anybody that works in this field will tell you, it's really about management. And that experience that you're having, although um, it's not great, is the reality of it. There's going to be ups and downs. Um, you know, there's going to be periods where you're much worse than there's going to be periods where you're better. Because unfortunately, to the best that we have available to us right now, and I'm sure in the future generations of medicine, it will progress even further. But we deal within the reality of what we know and what we can do at this point. The reality, the best thing that we have for this type of stuff is management. And management means that you might have some good, you might have some bad. It just all really depends. So I would say keep, stay, stay positive because it sounds like you're on the right track. You've just got to keep doing it, and you unfortunately will go through those highs and lows. Kim, appreciate uh, appreciate you reaching out and taking the time uh, of your day. You want to reach out, by the way, to have a further conversation with Dr. Lou, one eight five 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 Dr. Lou D R L O U info at pinpointhealth.ca. We'll continue Pinpoint Health Show. Just like Kim, you can bring on your calls, ask your questions about your own personal health as well. 416-870-6400, right here, Global News Radio. 11.35, welcome back, Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. Yep, that guy is correct, 416-870-6400. Hey, the purpose of this hour, as it has been for uh, for years and years now in the Pinpoint Health Show, not... <clears throat> Pardon me, not only to educate you about your health, but it's also basically free advice. It's a free consultation for over the hour. You want to call in and ask some specific questions about your health. It is no-nonsense replies and no-nonsense advice from Dr. Lou. Doesn't sugarcoat stuff, doesn't dance around the issue. He'll tell you straight up what you should be doing, where he thinks he knows you should be heading. And if he can't help you, he'll tell you to go somewhere else. But, I mean, that's the whole point of the show. It's going to put you a leg up, no pun intended, on getting your health back in order. So it's a, it's a good time to call in. With the remaining time we have in the hour, 416-870-6400. That is how we do it, pinpointhealth.ca, to go online, check some of the clinics that are always expanding near you. They are open. They're in full swing, and they're helping people. But uh, there you go. We're just getting another call lined up here, uh, Dr. Lou. In the meantime, what else you got in your mind? Yeah, so sort of to continue down the path um, that Kim brought up, because I think it's a really important thing, and that's something, and I, we didn't get Kim's reaction back on it, but... You know, one of the things with people with chronic pain that they often will say is what I was talking about, the, that experience where, you know, oh, people just don't believe me because I look fine, but I don't feel fine. And, and that and, and, you know, this right now, I'm speaking more not I'm not necessarily speaking to the people who are listening that have this issue, but rather the people who know someone with this issue. You don't don't discredit that. Don't discredit that. Although they look fine, that doesn't mean that they can't be in pain. The thing here about pain is pain is a subjective experience that happens in the brain. Our body simply has receptors that tell us what's going on. But the experience of it happens in the brain, and everybody's brain is different. And in fact, the, the part of the brain that you know we experience pain is the limbic system, which also controls our emotions. So this goes back to your life experience, the traumas, the mental traumas that you've had 
over your life might be related to the amplification of pain in your body. And so that's why different people can experience it in different ways. Everyone can be different. So don't, you know, don't be so quick to judge, I guess, is, is, is the point that I want to make on that is you've got to take that stuff at face value. Of course, there are people, listen, I see it all the time. There are people out there who fake this stuff. Yes, 100%. But as a clinician, I know when that's happening. I can tell. I can do different things to figure out when someone is malingering, as we call it. But a lot of people are not malingering. They simply have a pain experience, although their function may be normal. So don't, don't judge quickly on that. It, it, it's more sophisticated than simply saying, I believe or I don't believe someone. It, 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 it's, more, it's more involved than that. And, you know, and to your point, the thing that you cannot see, uh, either with your naked eye as someone who's being critical, or for that matter, on an MRI or an X-ray, is the mental situation that goes along with chronic pain after years and years. You've often mentioned that it's it's a cycle. The, you know, the, the physical can lead into the mental, and the mental can thereby give you the physical later on. So it's really, really a difficult thing to, to, as you say, to be judgmental and not take a step back and look and say, you know, maybe this person, I can't see that they're in pain, but maybe mentally this thing has been driving them nuts for years, right? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And and you know what, then there's other people that, you know, to that same point that are sort of headstrong, or maybe in a better mental health position that can deal with pain. And, 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 you know, you'll talk to people who say, yeah, but I, you know, I have back pain, I've had it for 30 years, and I'm fine. I do what I have to do. I don't complain. It's like, yeah, that's fine. But this is the reality. We are all individuals and we all experience things differently. So you can't expect that because you do something one way that everyone else will do it that way. And, it, and it's a matter of perspective. And that's the lens that I put on when I'm talking to a patient is I try to have perspective from every avenue that you can look at it. But most importantly, what is the way that they're looking at it? What is the way that they're experiencing? Because that that's their reality. Reality is also a very subjective thing, right? That is their reality of, of their aches and pains and their body. And that's what you've got to, as a clinician, try to hone in on is, is what is going on with this person. And that, that individualistic um, assessment and, and type of, of way of looking at it is something that I think is very, very valuable when, when you're seeing a patient. We can't just treat that, you know, you don't, you don't want to look at a diagnosis and say, okay, everybody that has this diagnosis will experience it the same way because that is definitely not the case. It's definitely not going to happen that way. 416-870-6400, the way to call through and have a discussion, ask your questions. would love to get you on. This hour is built just for you. In that regard, Peter, thank you for standing by for a moment. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fine. How are things? Good, sir. What's uh, what's your question this morning? Well, um, first of all, uh, I, I, I'm in the military, and uh, I have no complaints about their treatments as far as treating the injury, but I have uh, deteriorating disc disease in the neck and lower back, um, osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis. Um, is there something other than pain management that I could do for this condition? Yeah, so number one, thanks for your service as a, as a military personnel. Um, number two on the front of is there something, so, so here's the thing about pain, when you, okay, so let's, let's try to extrapolate what you mean by pain management. Are you just talking about like over-the-counter medication? Because pain management is a multifaceted approach, which includes like dozens and dozens of different things. So can you do more than the general, you know, 
field of pain management? No, because that's what we do. But if by pain management you, you mean one thing, then yes, there's probably more. So can you just uh, clarify for me what you mean by pain management? Okay, well, I, I've taken everything from Tylenol to Oxy at okay. you know, various stages, and also yeah. I've had uh, radiofrequency ablation yeah. on, on both, but uh, it, it's never lasting. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, so you're talking about two different, like, you know, the pharmacological interventions, and then you're getting into sort of the, the different types of minimally invasive procedures, the injections, the ablation therapy. Those are two components of pain management, yes, but it's, it's so much greater than that, right? There's, there's diet, lifestyle, exercise, mental health, uh, different types of treatments, those things in conjunction. What I often will tell people that are dealing with chronic aches and pains and chronic issues like yours is it's a combination of all of those things right and 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 at some point it's even a clinician sitting down with someone like you and saying okay where where is an area that we should be working more the the unfortunate reality about chronic pain and i have a lot of friends that are in the mental health world and a lot of them will listen to the show sometimes the unfortunate thing that is done with chronic pain because it's something that we say we feel in our bodies so much more effort is put towards the physical side of it um, like the pharmacological intervention, the ablation therapies, the rehab, all that stuff. And so often the mental health side of it is completely forgotten and not even a lot of the times addressed. And so it sometimes takes a clinician sitting down with a patient like yourself and saying, okay, where, where's the biggest, like, where's the thing that is the biggest contributing factor that we can work on the most? And, and that's really what you've got to do. You've got to look at this and say, okay, this is, this chronic pain that this individual is experiencing is, you know, 40 or 50% a result of, of mental health, you know, 20 or 30% a result of, of biomechanical changes like degenerative disease and stuff, and 20% or, if my math's not adding up there, of, of you know, deconditioning. And then you've got to say, okay, so we need 50% mental health, we need uh, 40, 30% on, on the biomechanics, and then we need 20% on um, the other aspects. So, that's what you've got to do. So I, I can't answer you, I guess, over the phone to say, is there more that you can do? But based on you telling me that you've done two classes of what pain management consists of, yes, there's probably a lot more that could be done. Uh, and it's hard work. But, you know, if done in the right way and with the right team, the right setting, and with you being on board with doing it, the outcomes are very good. Okay. I appreciate your answers. No problem. Thank you, Peter. Appreciate uh, your time this morning as well. Again, if you want to reach out any time to, uh, to Dr. Lou, it's really simple. one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U is the way you do that. And uh, you can continue on info at pinpointhealth.ca, info at pinpointhealth.ca. That's not, a, that's not an uncommon thing, that whole description you just went through uh, with Peter. It's, it's very common, as a matter of fact, and sometimes people just don't want to come out and talk about it, do they? Yeah, it is, unfortunately, right? Like, again, this yeah. goes back to the lack of understanding around what chronic pain is, right? And and the fact that because most people, you know, we, we feel the pain in our body, right? We're not saying, oh, it hurts in my brain. We're saying, oh, it hurts in my knee, right, where the problem is. And so, so much of the effort is only targeted towards the knee, right? But there's so it's so much bigger than that, right? Like, it's about looking at 
joints that are close by that may have an effect. And as an example, I brought up the knee there, a hinge joint between two very mobile joints, the ankle and the hip. And from a from an engineering and biomechanical perspective, any hinge joint is going to take the brunt of abuse from dysfunction in those mobile segments. So sometimes it's a result of looking at other joints. Sometimes it's, again, a, 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 the important thing is looking at the mental health side. It's multi, the, the diagnosis and the, I guess, you know, having chronic pain is multifaceted, the, the diagnosis of it. And anytime you have a multifaceted diagnosis, what that often tells us is that the approach to help it needs to be multifaceted. And so you've got to do a bunch of different things. It's a lot of hard work. And, you know, some people, you know, there's, there's a couple of problems. One problem that I see is people often aren't told the right things to do. Another problem is people are told, but they don't want to do it. Or sometimes a combination of the two. And, and, and that's what I mean. You've got to have the right team, the right people that are helping you. But at the same time, you've got to be ready to put in the work yourself, too. 416-870-6400. That is the number. you still got some minutes in the remainder of the hour to call through and ask uh, some questions for Dr. Lou. 416-870-6400. And uh, email is info at pinpointhealth.ca. We'll continue. This is the Pinpoint Health Show on a Saturday morning right here, Global News Radio. All right, welcome back. 1149, still got some time. A reminder that uh, if you're not in the mood to call in on air and, and ask uh, Dr. Lou a question, reaching out afterwards is always an option, always there. one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U, just that simple, pinpointhealth.ca, the websites, and info at pinpointhealth.ca. I should mention as well the long-form podcast with Dr. Lou. Always interesting stuff on there. You can catch that too, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. It's called the Lou Down Check that out at your uh, at your leisure as well. But you still got some time now. 416-870-6400 is the way to call through to this here radio station for the next few minutes and talk and ask questions. Join the conversation. Uh, Dr. Lou, now that we're kind of sort of seeing the uh, the end of the tunnel as far as COVID people, you know, the vaccinations are up, people getting back at it, people getting back out there. Have you noticed, Is there has there been an influx of a certain type of I wouldn't say injury, but a certain type of issue that is has arisen because of COVID over the last year and a half that you're seeing at your clinics? Um, yeah, it's a good question. I, I would say, you know, and I think anybody that works in healthcare has sort of been saying this from last year. I know I've definitely said it on the radio um, from, from when this all started that, you know, putting things on hold was going to create a lot of, a lot of chronic issues, right? Because you're taking things that are happening in acute scenarios that, are you know acute to begin going into subacute and then becoming chronic so that that's really the influx it does it almost doesn't matter you know what area of the body but we're seeing a lot more of the chronic issues where people are coming in and you know prior to covid-19 when i would see a person you know the average person would say I've had this thing, it started bothering me a few weeks ago, I initially didn't do anything about it, and, you know, now I'm here now. And now it's like, hey, I, I had this thing that started last March, and, you know, I didn't do anything about it, and I'm here now. That, that's a big difference. A few weeks compared to a year, a year and a half, that, that's, that's, a, that's a significant amount of time that goes by that makes anything that you're dealing with that much harder to deal with. Um, so that, that influx of the chronic issues, things that people have been dealing with that they've been holding off on saying, and, and, you know, again, I've been saying, don't put your health on hold. Don't, don't expect. And I mean, thankfully we're dealing with aches and pains when we're dealing in my realm of what I deal with at health in health and what we deal with at pinpoint health. But people have also put their health on hold for very serious things like heart attacks and strokes, cancers. And, and we've seen this, there's been lots of news articles that have come out 
talking about the the uh, the increased number of of things like strokes, heart attacks that are are being missed, cancer screenings that have gone uh, that have been missed, and and people being misdiagnosed or not diagnosed properly. I work in a specialized program for low back pain. There's sometimes you can have medical emergencies like cotoquina. I was talking to the yeah. person uh, that runs um, the program in my area and was saying that you know in the last week or so there have been six people that have been missed for cotoquina by, you know, other healthcare professionals just doing stuff over the phone, not even through video or in person. And that's a huge mismanagement, right? That's a huge mismanagement. I, I really, listen, I'm all for creating hybrids of anything that make any, any process of what we do more efficient. And I've said, there's definitely going to be an advantage to having a hybrid system that's not just, hey, come into my office, but if we could do things virtually, it's going to work. But you know, unfortunately, some healthcare professionals have almost transitioned completely to phones, and I just don't think that's the way that you're going to do justice to a patient, and and that and that's a big problem. And I think there's also an appetite for for the average person wants to be seen in person. Like if you've got something going on, you want to go and you want someone to see, take a look at you and see what's going on. And 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 that's an important aspect of what we've continued to do throughout this time at Pinpoint Health. So again, that that number one is is you know my thanks goes out to the team who have done this. We've we've been extremely safe. We've had no real issues that have happened in the last year, and and we've again been able to serve our communities and provide these these services so that people um, don't put their health on hold and that they don't have to that they have that option. Um, you know, and again, if that's resonating with you and you think that sounds like a place that you know you you want to trust for your your, your musculoskeletal injuries, aches and pains then by all means, give us a call. We're, we are there to help. I want to get to uh, Linda in the last few minutes of the show. Hi, Linda. Thanks for standing by, and good morning. How are you? Good morning. Pretty good. Fair to middling. Good. Uh, thanks, I, for, uh, thanks for taking the time. What's on your mind? Well, uh, about uh, May 6th or so, I hyperextended my leg accidentally, and uh, a few days later, as I was icing it, elevating, a few days later, I stepped off the curb, Heard a pop. I was in excruciating pain. Um, so since then, I have been icing and elevating. I did get an x-ray. They didn't see anything except a lot of swelling. I just wondered how much exercise I can do without hurting this meniscus or whatever it is further. I have had a meniscus tear on the other leg. And uh, just I wondered to know if I could bike, if I can walk. You know, when I do those things I do it does hurt but I'm so anxious to get back to exercise yeah listen it's, it's a good question it's unfortunately not a question that I could properly answer not having seen you right this sort of goes back to what I was saying uh, about the telephone stuff I, I don't know right there there this is the this is the the art of seeing a patient and then the science of it of seeing someone understanding the injury coming to the right diagnosis that's number one once you can get to the diagnosis, that will determine, okay, well, where are the limitations? What are the things you should or should not do? What are the things you can and cannot do? Um, and how do we graduate you back into whatever it is that you do want to do? Um, and and that, that takes a proper assessment to do that. Uh, in general, what I, could sort of, what I sort of will tell people is you've got to listen to your body, right? You just said something there at the end that's really important. When I do these things, it hurts. Well, 
you know, that, that your body's telling you, right? Like, you know, like if something's bothering you when you're doing it, you've got to listen to your body. And if it's in pain as a result of doing that thing, then it's likely not beneficial. Now, in terms of how you can modify that, should you take stop doing it completely? That's the more specific of it, where you need that proper uh, one-on-one interaction to really go through a proper uh, diagnosis and, 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 then, and then determine what the plan of management is. All right. It doesn't, uh, basically, it hurts most of the time, so it doesn't hurt exceedingly more. I just wondered if you thought I might be doing more damage by biking and, and walking. Hard to say. Hard to say. In yeah, general, knee injuries is. are better with, like, low-level cycling, number one, than, than, than walking. So that, that's sort of a general rule. But, again, it, it oh, does also no. depend on the individual and what the exact injury is. Linda, appreciate the call. We got to run for another show, but uh, you want to have a further chat, which sounds like you might uh, want to do that with Dr. Leo. Always advise uh, Linda the number, and for you as well, one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U. Email is info at pinpointhealth.ca, and simply pinpointhealth.ca to reach one of many clinics around the uh, around the province and otherwise, and always growing as well, open and ready to serve and get you back on the path to uh, to good health. We'll catch you next time, Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. The preceding program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.